This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, spring is certainly in the air today, and you know what that means. It's time to build a she shed. That's right, and you might get some help from your lover if you plan on doing more than gardening or crafts in it. Sex is such a secret society, isn't it? You know, it's the one where everybody's doing it and no one is talking about it, except yours truly, of course, every Sunday night on the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. This show is more than a sex show, but I am just trying to seduce you to listen to information about health, relationships, love in your body, because it's all related to sex. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book, Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. I'm a researcher, blogger, clinician, TED speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex and health. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies, just fearless, straight-up talk about sex. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating and educational. Hopefully you'll start thinking just a little bit differently, perhaps outside of the box, and have a little fun, so do stay with me. There is an aspect of sexual health that is dark, and that is sexual abuse. This month happens to be Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit uh Further on in the show, we want to raise public awareness about sexual violence and educate communities on how to prevent it. So for those of you who have been sexually abused, you're never far from my heart. I wish you all of the best on your healing journey, and I keep you in my thoughts and prayers always. Good evening, Matt. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Yourself? Well, I'm a little tired, but we're going to be talking about fatigue tonight. Do you want to know why I'm tired? Let's let's hear it. (laughs) That is a, a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you any one well, of the number is a sex of show, answers. So this guess, is a sex but. show. <laughs> <laughs> All night long. Anyway. <laughs> no, on well, I had like three or four events this week and uh climaxed, shall we say, at Federico's Supper Club on Friday night. Have you been there on no, commercial? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's on commercial. Okay. I'm surprised I haven't heard of that. I, well, I don't think you would. It wouldn't be the place you typically go. In fact, you wouldn't go unless there was going to be an event held there. Okay. But it is an absolute blast. And so about 150 of us danced for three hours solid It was and screamed. That's why my voice, I sound a little bit more like Linda Steele tonight. <laughs> <I know. laughs> this is Maureen McGrath. It's not Linda Steele. Let's have some wine. Anyway, um... And so, and then you're singing all of the songs, and of course, I know all the words to all the songs, <laughs> which a few people pointed out. Um, mostly guys, they're like, you know, all the words to the songs, but I was singing them, and of course, I lost my voice a little bit. And then you're screaming, talking to people because it's so loud. Anyway, so it was such a blast. So I'm a little tired, but I have some remedies for fatigue tonight. I could use them too. I'm pretty tired. Are you? Old school's coming to an end and I've been good for you. Burning the candle at both ends. Oh, so. that's so much fun, isn't it? It's exciting to I be love honest. Burning the candle at both ends anyway. Uh, so that's how I am. So if anyone uh, wants to call us and tell us how you are, you can give us a call at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. The lines are open. Uh, and also, I'm training for the Sun Run. I'm actually training this year, sort of, uh, in my way. Uh, but anyway, so that's, uh, I went for a, a long run yesterday. So there you go. There you have it. Enough of my whining. <laughs> 
Uh, as I mentioned, this month, April, is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, SAAM, and the goal of SAAM is to raise public awareness about sexual violence and to educate communities on how to prevent it. So I have a noted counselor, Laureen Peltier, is going to be joining me a little bit later on in the program to talk about this. And uh, as I was, oh, I do not want to forget to say, uh, put the kitties to bed unless it is age appropriate for them. You know, if they're like 30, 35, it's fine for them to listen. You too, if you're 30 or 35. Um, but anyway, do put the kids to bed because there likely will be some subject matter that may actually be um, difficult f- for their tender years. Uh, so I um, tonight on the program... Are you tired of being tired, especially for sex? Well, it may be more than fatigue. Not only do I have some great information from Harvard, I have a few gifts to give out to help you perform at your peak. And how many times, guys, has the woman in your life said, I just want to cuddle? How tired of that are you? Well, we look at the importance of cuddling from an early age. As I said, spring is in the air, and Debbie Lee Evans realtor and interior designer extraordinaire joins me to discuss the she shed i'm interested in that uh what goes on in the she shed anyway uh and also what's up doc in the fight against obesity we have a new strategy for doctors out there to deal with obesity and it might change some of your minds as well i'm also sex addiction is also it's controversial it's getting more and more common it's and it's Very important that we talk about this, and I want to share with you the words that one woman read that led her to realize her husband was a sex addict. Do you flaunt the lover in your life to increase your social status? Wait till you hear the latest research on this. And I also want to talk to you about protected sex, safe sex. It's important because it relates to the human papillomavirus. HPV increases a person's risk for developing head and neck cancers. According to some new research in JAMA Oncology, you'd be really surprised about this and how and who this strikes more often than not. And ladies, you know, you can have a breast lift, a facelift. Well, there's some other things you can lift. And uh, Dr. Stephen... Snyder, will, Dr. Stephen Karp, sorry, will be joining me after the break uh, to talk about uh, things down there that you can lift. So actually, uh, lots, lots of important information about that because uh, vaginal health is really important. And so he's going to be talking about some of the things that can go wrong and some of the things you can do about it. If you have a question for me, give me a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I have Frankie on the line. Hello, Frankie. Hey, Maureen. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. Uh, you were just mentioning uh, abuse and whatnot, and mm, I just wanted your opinion on a couple of aspects of, of my past, and neither of them affect me, uh, I think. But uh, just quickly, so when I was, oh, about eight, we played Show Me Yours, I'll Show You Mine type thing. Yes. When I was... Oh, maybe about the same age, a couple of years after, I had a friend who was a few years older than I, who did a similar type thing, which was a, a show-me type thing. And then when I was 16, there was an older person who uh, well did something that I know would be in toward, un- uh, well, definitely wrong with me it it was a a lady and i was a 16 year old boy 
didn't seem to bother me too much then. Uh, don't know if it's affected me. What are, what are your opinions on, on that? Well, those? you know, sometimes children play games, kind of the show me um, yours, I'll show you mine, at younger ages, at more tender ages. Uh, and it, it's individualized. It's each situation. And it's, you know, are there issues in your life today? You know, it may or may not have affected your life. At 16 years of age, um, you know, if it was a consenting, I mean, you were not quite of age, but certainly probably sexually, developmentally okay with that. If it was, if it was mutual and it was consenting and, and you did not feel uh, that you had been um, personally invaded or um, taken advantage of or exploited, um, you know, so it, re- it would actually really warrant a bit of a deeper conversation uh, to see and also to see if you are experiencing any issues in your life today or uh, related to it, excessive alcohol consumption, excessive um, sex, sexual issues, issues around Check. sex in any way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, there may be some relation, but it would probably be good for you to speak to a sex therapist or a, a psychiatrist or a counselor um, and to talk further about it and um, process uh, through that. Great. Okay. Well, thanks so much for your question. Frankie, um, yeah, it's tough to answer in a, in a brief time, and unfortunately we have to go to break, but do hang on, Frankie, because we are going to be talking a little bit more with a uh, counselor a little bit uh, later on in the program at the second um, half of the hour. But, uh, but right now we're going to talk about things down there, things that can go wrong and things that fall down and things we can lift up. Dr. Stephen Karp, plastic surgeon, joins me. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you this evening. We talk about sex and sexuality and sexual health challenges and intimacy issues. And on the line, I'm uh, quite honored to have Dr. Stephen Karp. He is a board-certified plastic surgeon from the Akron, Ohio area. He is uh, owner and president at Karp Cosmetic Surgery Center. Good evening, Dr. Karp. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Now, as we know, women can have issues with their sexual function that can impact their quality of life and overall sexual health and intimacy. And you are committed to actually helping women improve in the areas of sexuality and sexual health and, and intimacy and sensation. You have some technology in your uh, clinical practice that actually helps women deal with uh, vaginal dryness, for example, is an issue that occurs to many women during the perimenopausal years, menopausal years, when they're on the birth control pill, breastfeeding. Um, and so that may affect their lubrication. And also some women may have vaginal laxity after they have uh, a baby. So what are some of the technologies you have in your office that you're using for women? Well, yes, th- thanks for having me on. It, certainly, the the issues that you're talking about with women's sexual dysfunction are are very real. You know, we know that over forty percent of women suffer from these types of uh, symptoms, but probably less than fifteen percent actually speak to their physician about it. And so, fortunately, over the last several years, the technologies exist today that that we can really make some marked improvements. Um, I've brought into my practice in developing a women's sexual health program, uh, what's called the fractional CO2 laser, which is uh, my specific brand is called FemiLift. And this technology allows us to, in a very uh, simple procedure, uh, 
result in nice results for patients, significant improvement with a procedure that has very little downtime and essentially very limited risk. And so what this treats uh, vaginal dryness for women? Exactly. The, the ability to resurface the mucosa within the, the vaginal wall as well as address the, the deeper tissues to improve collagen uh, results in both improvement in dryness as well as things like the laxity. And all of these things add up to better sexual performance, more sensitivity, and in addition, we further see improvement in patients with mild to moderate stress urinary incontinence. Okay. And all of these issues may lead to low sexual desire. So treating these issues may improve sexual desire in many women. Do you find that yep. in your office? Uh, absolutely. You know, the, I, what I see in my practice are a lot of pay, women that come in with, you know, they, they want to have sex. They, they really want to be with their partner but because it's either uncomfortable because of dryness or they don't receive enough stimulation and pleasure from it, it's just not something that they're, they're, they're as interested in, in being involved with with their partner. And, of course, that creates problems. And we know that when we look at women that have undergone treatments like this uh, and use basically the what's called the feminine sexual uh, index, scoring index, we see that over 80% of women will see significant improvement in their symptoms, which include... The, the sexual stimulation and arousal parts of it. And also, do you find that women take a bit, may take a bit longer to experience orgasm if they are experiencing vaginal dryness or vaginal laxity or decreased sensation as well? Absolutely, because either just because it's harder for them to reach that point or they never actually get there because of the discomfort and the, the lack of pleasure on their part. That's right. And, and vaginal dryness can lead to significant sexual pain. And prior to this technology, what has been available are personal moisturizers and or low-dose localized estrogen therapy. But the treatment that you offer, which is the FemiLift, um, and, and actually we're going to be offering this in my clinical practice as well, so I'm quite excited to hear uh, the experiences that you've had uh, with your patients. Um, so how long have you been actually doing the FemiLift? Uh, I've been using the system for over a year, and as you point out, there are there are different devices, different technologies that that provide similar uh, endpoints in terms of changing the vaginal wall, improving the collagen within the vaginal wall to help with these symptoms. And I can tell you that, that the best way I can put it, the the response from patients when they come back is wow. And that that's the, a common statement from patients. I when I come and see them, and they're post-treatment period and say, well, how are things doing? And it's, wow. Is that right? You know, women, they don't necessarily have to be sexually active to experience the ill effects of vaginal dryness. Many women, just even walking around, will say that it's uncomfortable, uh, that they they may not have a sex partner, but they may self-stimulate, but it, that may be more difficult or they may not feel the sensation or it may take them longer to experience orgasm. But so this is not just limited to women who are sexually active. Oh, absolutely not. As you pointed out, the symptoms can be there without being sexually active and without having a partner. Um, and as you pointed out, even with self-stimulation, if you're still suffering from dryness um, and irritation because of that, or, or even to the point where you, you can even have symptoms of itching, but you know, they all, all of these things improve and where, where women are noticing significant, and when I mean significant, it's significant changes. So that they, in, do, no, they do not 
they no longer require personal moisturizers or localized estrogen therapy. And so for a lot of women who have had reproductive cancers, they may not uh, be able to take localized estrogen therapy. That's correct. Yeah, the traditional, as you point out, traditionally about the best thing that was available was lubrication uh, during sex or using uh, vaginal suppositories with estrogens to help try to improve through, through the hormone uh, the, the mucosa of the vaginal wall. But this actually changes the vaginal tissue. It can bring you back to your teenage years, I understand. Well, I, I don't know if I'd put it that way, but it, it, come on, it, it is a, it is, <laughs> go with me here. You can turn the clock back like that, but yeah, no. But it's it at the end at the end of the day, it, it comes down to what does the patient experience after the treatment, and it is there's not a lot of non-invasive things that we do, at least as it relates to this kind of stuff, that we see this kind of improvement non-invasively. Right, and it's and, three treatments, um, about 20 minutes. You know, you can do it on your lunch hour, basically? Exactly. The treatments are done uh, for my, this particular system, but in general for all the systems, you're typically looking at three treatments anywhere from four to six weeks uh, apart, and they're essentially painless, and patients come in, they have it done. They might have a day or two of a little bit of discharge, and other than that, what I tell my patients is after three days, they can go back to their uh, normal sexual uh, activity, and there's really no downtime. I don't put them any restrictions even right after the treatment. And I'm sure that is exciting for all. Now, I know you have a red eye to catch, so for people listening in the Ohio area or the surrounding states or those who want to fly from Canada, how can they uh, get in touch with you? You have a great website. So um, what's the best way? Yeah, they can go to our website, www.carpcosmetic.com. Dot com. There is a section on our women's sexual health program or call us at 330-899-1500 and we'll do what we can to help you. Thank you so much. Yes, and it's a great uh, website. I will say lots of excellent information. Dr. Karp, thank you so much for joining me and I'd love to have you back. We're talking about, we're going to be talking about some of the other issues that begin with O, okay? <laughs> later on in the evening. All right, I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this show for you this evening. It is my pleasure to be here with you as always. This month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, S-A-A-M. The goal of SAM is to raise public awareness about sexual violence and to educate communities on how to prevent it because sexual violence is a major public health, human rights, and social justice issue. Joining me on the line is Laureen Peltier. She's a clinical counselor and author of the book, Hungry for Touch. She can. We're going to talk about warning signs of sexual assault, how it can be prevented, and even more, the devastating impact it has on its victims. Good evening, Laureen. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Oh, good. Uh, thank you so much for joining me in the program. This is a subject that is near and dear to my heart. I'm, I'm a peaceful person, and, and, I, and I also know the ravages that, that this, that sexual assault um, puts upon people and how it alters their life, often for their entire life. Yes, that's, that's very true. No matter where it happened, when it happens to you as a child, I think it really changes a lot of things, your your adolescence and all those years where you might be a little bit more carefree and innocent into your college years. Um, I know women who have been assaulted on campuses 
And boy, that that just sharply changes the trajectory of your life. It certainly does. And we certainly have an issue here at the University of British Columbia. We've had uh, a number of sex sexual assaults, and, and also there have been issues with how the university has dealt with it. Uh, you have um, sent me these statistics. 23% of women and 15% of men in the U.S. state that they have been victims of sexual assault prior to the age of 18. I don't know if you were listening earlier to the program, but Frankie called in saying that he was wondering uh, about an issue, an, an incident that had occurred when he was about eight years old of kind of show me, I'll show you mine, you show me yours, kind of a thing. And then he also had another experience um, when he was 16 with a a woman who was older, from what I gather, older than he was. And and he said he was suffering some of the effects um, with sexual health issues as his life has gone on. Um, What are your thoughts on, on children being sexually assaulted? Well, I myself was sexually assaulted as a child uh, between the ages of like 8 and 11. So, I mean, I know firsthand how um, devastating, as you said, those can be. It's very interesting to me. Um, I was one of eight children, five girls, and all of the girls were molested in our family um, oh. by our father. We oh. all came away with it a little differently, right? So I took the path of avoidance, um, out of that sexual um, assault being molested, I decided that hands were dangerous to me. And so I went through my teenage years and, and college years and everything, not dating, not wanting to be touched, where, you know, some of my sisters took a path of promiscuity where they wanted to get that control back. And, and it interests me how it affects people differently. And it doesn't have to be, I think this story, Frankie, is very interesting because when we say we've been assaulted or we say child molested, we sometimes have this image of a lot of violence and that's not always the case. You know, some, sometimes what looks like to be the most innocent of, you know, some man pulling down a child's pants, uh, panties or something like that, that can really impact that child. It's, it's amazing to me how that one event, they can drag that one event into their life. And I think it's important for listeners to understand that, you know, there are various degrees of being assaulted. That's right. I had a patient one time who was fondled once when she was three and a half years old by a man from her church. And she, uh, you know, attributed, uh, or the, the physicians attributed her obsessive compulsive disorder, which was lifelong. And I met her at around the age of 62 uh, to this particular incident. Um, and she suffered with anxiety and did have sexual health issues from this one situation. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a lot, and it doesn't need to be progressive or or continuous. And a lot of times we don't remember a lot of what we happened, but that's, that's, I think, something that people really, really need to understand how fragile those children's minds are, right? And they're going to take whatever lesson they need from it. So, I mean, me, I took this lesson that that hands uh, are... They hurt you, and so I didn't want them near me anymore. And I took that way into my 30s. Here this woman is 62, and I've spoken to a lot of people in their 60s who are still looking back at that 8 and 14 at various degrees of having been either assaulted or abused. 
Absolutely. I have so many women in my clinical practice who have, who have experienced sexual assault or sexual abuse as a child. And often, I'm the first person that they've told. They can be 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, and they will they will tell me immediately, which which surprises me. Um, but they'll then they'll often say that they'd never told anybody before, but they'd been dealing with it inside of their head for all of those years. Sexual assaults are on the rise. Why is that, and how can it be prevented? You know, this is a conversation I've been having a lot this week as we launch Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and um, I have a couple of little theories here, and we'll see how what you think of them, but. Um, I, first of all, I, I know in colleges that they seem like they're on the rise. Part of me is wondering, are they on the rise or are we just more aware of them and reporting them more? I mean, I was assaulted in the 70s, so there were no programs, there was no awareness. I told um, some friends of mine when I was in the fourth grade, my sister told the nun at the school, and we were told, stop talking about that, stop lying. So, I mean, that was the culture, right? We didn't have an awareness in the 70s. There was no laws really in place. Family issues remained family issues, and nobody did, did really... Did you tell your mother? My mother? Yes. How, how, what was she in this? She no, was, did you tell your mother? Oh, um, yes, when I was 35. <laughs> oh, did anyone tell her at the time? No, because my father had said, um, my mom knows this is happening. This is, uh, he had uh, wrapped it into a um, sex education, right? And, and mom said, it's okay that, that I do this with you. And so in our little minds, you know, when you're eight, you're thinking, okay, then I guess it's okay. And so then we just, after that, as we went into our teenage years, there was this little story that we kind of told all one another that said, if mom knows about this, it will kill her. Right. So, and did you, when your mom found out, what was her response when you were 35? When I was uh, 35, I had told her that, yeah, you know, mom, dad has, uh, he has a problem and he... You know, I kind of couch it that way to open up the conversation that you know he was with us a lot when we were children. And she says, well, yeah, I, I wondered about that. And I did not have a really strong, forceful conversation with her where I could have been more open. And is she still with him today? Well, my father passed in 2011, but yes, they she were was. together up until that time. Okay, wow. I have Dee on the line. Hello, Dee. Hi. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Good thing. Good. good. Yeah, this is this is interesting. I'm 75. I was uh, sexually assaulted when I was about six, and I did not tell anybody until uh, about four years ago. I told my son and daughter-in-law, uh, and and I have a daughter, and I haven't told her. This. Uh, what compelled yeah. you to tell your son and your daughter-in-law? Um, I think that we were having a conversation, uh, and it had to do with someone else, and it, it just came out. And and how did you feel when you released that? Um, I think I was uh, shocked that I said anything. Mm-hmm. And has it affected your entire life? I don't really think so. Uh... Yeah, I was, uh, like, my dad was an alcoholic. My husband was an alcoholic. Uh, so I've had a lot of time on my own. And was your father the person who molested you? No, 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 no. No. Um, 
yeah, we, uh, my mom was on her own, and uh, this was, we were in a rooming house, and this was a fellow who was crippled, actually. He, he was, uh, well, he walked crutches, and he was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, he Anybody can be a sexual, can sexually assault, is that correct, Lorene? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because again, you don't. It, there are various degrees of sexual assault. You can use, you know, not to be overly graphic here, but you can use fingers. You can, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be what the traditional is. And typically, as you know, it starts in stages, right? It starts with this kind of touch and that kind of touch, and it gets typically progressively, you know, more advanced, especially if this man has access to this child frequently. Well, this this, uh, this man was married. And, uh, yeah, so I say he walked on crutches, and he put the crutches down and kind of swing his whole body forward. And, uh, yeah, I I guess I I was home for lunch one day, and I was by myself, and he was in the next room, and it was on the bed, and he did ejaculate, and he told me, don't tell. And you never told. I never told. Well, I'm glad it didn't affect your life, and I thank you very much for sharing your story. Okay, thanks. I love your show. Oh, thank you very much. That's nice of you to say. Uh, Lorene, I'd like you to hang on the line. I want to talk a little bit further, if you don't mind, about some of the warning signs of, of sexual assault and what are some of the things that people can do to prevent sexual assault and abuse. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this show as I do every Sunday evening live for you. Uh, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and Laureen Peltier is a noted clinical counsel- counselor and author of the book, Hungry for Touch. She is joining me on the line, and we are talking about this malignant malignancy that goes on often often goes unreported in society. Hello, Lorene. Thanks for staying on the line with me. Yes, yes. So sexual assaults may uh, be on the rise. It may just be that we're more aware and there are more programs for people to report. I do still know that young women do not report. I, I try and encourage women to go to the police, to speak to the police. There's lots of apps um, because I, I do think it helps in terms of processing the pain. But how can sexual assaults be prevented? Well, I had this conversation a couple times this week as well, and I kept thinking, you know, here's the harsh reality that your listeners are <clears throat> probably not going to like me for, but you can you can be assaulted in a house full of people, right? So, I mean, if you're in college and, and you're with your girlfriends, I would say pair up. You know, don't let me, you know, go upstairs alone. Don't don't leave without me. I mean, these are things that I used to do, right? Don't leave without me so that I wasn't left behind and a little bit more vulnerable. Um, so there's there's that prevention. I think it's sad that, that we have to teach women how to protect themselves. When I think of sexual, you know, how do we prevent it? I think let's get into the high schools and let's start talking to men and women when they're 13 and 14 years old and start teaching about boundaries and respect. And, you know, they get inundated now. Our culture is so inundated with um, a lot of sexual pictures and 
violence, and I think it's really difficult for a young mind to separate all of that into reality. So when the woman is saying no, does she really mean no? That's kind of what they're seeing on TV. You know, when I was a kid, we we didn't have cable. <laughs> it was the 70s. You know, you had four stations, and and you just, and it, they were so regulated here in the United States, you would have never gotten anything like that on TV, no nudity, no sexual innuendos at all. And now it's, it's no holds barred. Absolutely. With, yeah. I think one of the risks too is, and I and I I do agree with you. I think we need to educate the boys and men about sexual assault, and the damage that it can do, and and the and perhaps there is um, mental illness, you know, on their part. Uh, perhaps there's uh, an aggression, uh, anger uh, that uh, women are maybe the venue for their rage. I mean, I think there's a lot there. Uh, I also I I hate to say this, but I often say this to university. Uh, students, you cannot walk around in a four-inch skirt with six-inch heels and be drunk. You're so vulnerable then. First of all, you cannot run away. It's really difficult to run away. It is really easy. And and I know a lot of people, I, and I'm a feminist, and I know a lot of feminists out there will be raging at what I just said. And I do believe that women, girls and women should be able to wear whatever they want to wear walking down the street, but the reality is you're placing yourself at greater risk. The same risk as if you go downstairs at a party with a guy that you've never met before because he wants some help bringing up some beer or something. It's also another risk. I mean, these are situations that I know have occurred, have happened to girls, and by no means is it their fault. It is just you've got to be on guard. Yeah, I think uh, a level of awareness, obviously, in colleges in particular, isn't it something like 85% of sexual assaults have uh, alcohol involved in it? I mean, and, and this is where men get a little bit more, need to be more educated, right? So she's really inebriated. She's almost passed out, and he decides to have sex with her. He does not think that's sexual assault. Exactly. And, you know, consent is yes today. It's it's a woman's and the ability to actually say yes. So for sexual assault, how about for children? Um, You know, there's a lot of risks for children as well. So what are some of the warning signs um, that uh, somebody may be, uh, uh, you know, capable of sexually assaulting your children? Are there things to look for there? Uh, yes, there are. I think we always want to be looking at uh, people who spend a great deal of time uh, with children, you know, in particular if we have uh, a male coach, right, and, and he spends a lot of extra time with children. Typically in studies, I know I was recently reading an FBI kind of profile study, that's, that's one of the things that they have to have access to children to molest them. That's why you see them um, a lot in in colleges or prep schools, you know, when um, that would be middle school here in America, you know, between the ages of 14 and 17, um, and you're away from home and you're sequestered. Uh, I, I would look at that. I would look at those, you know, those men that want to hang around the the uh, playground and watch children. You have to have access to these children to molest them, and a good child molester does not want to get caught. So he's going to say, don't tell. He's going to say, if you tell someone, your mommy and daddy are going to go away. He's going to do something so that he can continue to assault these children and have access to them. So in my experience, that's 
That is one. I mean, I hate this because, you know, I, I think pa- parents are so paranoid as it is now, and we don't necessarily want to teach children to be afraid of touch. That was my deal, right? So, but there has to become a, an age. I know one of my friend's daughter just turned um, five, and they said, well, we're starting to have conversations with her that there are some things that are private and don't show your panties to anyone. They were trying to have these conversations not to scare her, but to let her know if somebody's asking you to do this, then we don't want you to do that. That would be considered, you know, wrong or out of bounds. Yes, I think we need to have these real conversations. Young women are, are especially at risk for sexual assault. In fact, 82% of all juvenile victims are female. But sexual assault and rape can happen to boys as well. And it's it's tremendously shameful for women who have been sexually abused or raped and Often women have such difficulty dealing with it, but it's that much more difficult for men because men are meant to be the masculine, the stronger sex. This is not meant to happen to them, and uh, but it does. And do you deal with um, male patients who, who have been sexually assaulted? Yes, and you know, I think, that, and I agree with you completely, you know, just given the way our society kind of looks at male and female, and and so sexually assault, you were weaker, you were overpowered, you know, whatever the narrative is out there, I think it's extremely difficult for a man to kind of come forward and, and admit that kind of vulnerability and what he needs to do with it, and I've spoken to some men again, and later on in life, in their 50s and 60s, that said that, that happened to me when I was 13. I remember um, somebody just starting to, to cry once when a song came on, and I'm like, okay, what's this? And, and that triggered that memory because that song was playing when that happened, and this person was 48 years old, married with two children, and wife didn't know about it. He'd never spoken about it before, but it all kind of came flooding out. Absolutely, and one out of every 10 rape victims are male and that is according to the RAINN Victims of Sexual Violence Statistics. And it can be extremely challenging. But there is help, can process the pain, uh, having an appointment with a a certified sex therapist, a counselor, psychiatrist, your doctor. There are many avenues. How would people get in touch with you, Loreen? And certainly they can uh, read your book as well, Hungry for Touch. So how can they get your book and how can they get in touch with you? So my book is on Amazon or in Barnes and Noble. Um, my email address is on the, the the back of the book, but it's Lorene at LM Peltier. Or you can go to my website lmpeltier dot com and take a look at some really good resources that I have out there as well. Um, I tell my story and I get out there so to make it easier for for the next person to step up and say this is me. You know, on on shows, I speak a lot about what are the signs. Yes, and I, we're we're just running to break. I'm so sorry, oh, but that's okay. I know. I um, we'll, we'll we'll go to your website. Thank you so much for joining me on the program. I appreciate it very much. Excellent information. We'll have you back, Lorene. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.